Hello and welcome to Wine Blast with me, Susie Barry, and my husband and fellow master of wine, Peter Richards. Now, I think it's fair to say that we are notoriously thirsty people. Mm. But for this show, it helps to be hungry too, doesn't it? Does. It? it does. It does. I think um, the last time I was actually hungry was about... Two weeks ago, given <laughs> given the epic levels of research that we've been doing, mm, which is, um, yeah, research which has essentially involved a lot of eating and drinking. Yeah, mainly, mainly, but but still, you know, um, I, I mean, I think I think to the extent that I, I need to go on one of those boot camps that um, <laughs> that you were recommending, you were touting in last week's it episode. Has been, it has been pretty full on, hasn't it? Mm. Uh, but our aim is definitely to whet everyone's appetite because mm. in this show, we've got not only some sensational food and wine, we've also got some pretty tasty content too. I, I think it's the most the most exciting wine regions in the world. This is a region that produces every style of wine. You will find a wine here that you'll enjoy. The thing is, you may not know that it exists. And the wines have so much character and personality. And they have soul, I think, is the way I would describe it. There's just something about them that kind of hits you. So, a discovery, adventure, and a nice bit of grub. Um, what's not to like? Welcome to the Sud de France, or Occitanie. The sun-kissed south of France, where a sea of vines spills over mountains and coastal plains in a land of hearty food, big characters uh, and attention-grabbing wine, I think it's fair to say. Mm. Uh, we just heard from fellow Master of Wine and Sud de France expert Matthew Stubbs there. Uh, we'll also be hearing from producers Jean-Claude Mass and Pauline Nadal about all this and more. Can't wait. Mm. Um, but we are going to be doing something a little bit different for this show. Mm. It's midwinter in the UK right now yeah. and pretty bleak at mm. that. So we're all in need of a morale boost. <laughs> and we thought, what better way to do that than by cooking up a heartwarming feast to match the wines to mm. and structure the show around that. Yeah, basically just an excuse for us to pick out and, and call it work. Mm. You, know? mm. you are giving away our trade let's secrets be honest. now. Let's, let's level here. <laughs> no, but I mean, but, but <laughs> the south of France is known for its gastronomy and amazing mm. ingredients. Uh, and I have to say, my first thought when we started talking about doing this show was, can we get food involved? That's your first thought when you when you think about anything, isn't it? P- pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much, <laughs> but you know, to but particularly ex- in this case, you know. no, no, which is fair enough. Um, to explain uh, the the our utterly respectable plan, just so we're clear about that, is to do six dishes, uh, all of which are inspired by a classic Southern French ingredient like mushrooms, um, duck, um, shellfish, shellfish, uh, Toulouse sausages. Mm-hmm. We've got in there ratatouille. Roquefort. Uh, Roquefort. Yeah. Sounds so much better than you say. <laughs> um, but then they're sort of, we've given them a mainstream twist, um, courtesy of, 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 of your uh, chefy expertise, I think would be the way of <laughs> I'm saying not sure it. sure if that's um, a compliment or you're just taking the mickey, but, but I'll go with it. So, yes, 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 we've got. So, what have we got? We've got mushroom arancini, we've got oh. cod with beurre blanc and winter ratatouille, mm. we've got a Mediterranean shellfish stew, a yeah. Toulouse sausage casserole, a duck chef pie and then finally roquefort cheese which we can't really call exactly a dish but it sort of is a dish in just itself, straight isn't up it? why not don't mess around it's a meal um, it's meal a very itself. very nice menu that from start to finish um we should also say big thanks to the occitani region for sponsoring this episode um, they've allowed us to pick our personal highlights from their annual top 100 competition so already a very fine selection of wines in the region um, and we then road tested them extensively with these dishes i told you this was this was hard work um to come up with the very finest pairings and boy what a lineup it is it is 
sumptuous no other word for it Um, and just to recap uh, this episode does follow on neatly from the one we did recently on AOP Longer Doc where we Mm. not only heard from regional experts and growers but we also said quite explicitly these wines work best with food so this is our promised follow-up to that is is I think I remember I remember one Wine grower was talking about his mum's ratatouille in that one, wasn't wasn't he? Not sure I can mean, beat with that. No, well, you um, know, no, we, don't we, even We'll go do our there. best, won't we? We'll, we'll do we'll our do best. Something, we'll do our best. But we can't beat. <laughs> We're not going to compete the ratatouille with ratatouille de maman. Maman, we, maman's ratatouille. <laughs> um, and anyway, but yeah. let's just say we are big fans of the wines from this region. Yeah. Um, just last weekend, we opened a bottle of Grange des Pères 2015, which is IGP Pays des yeah. And it was, what was it? Oh. It was stunning and um, so uh, rugged and intense mm. but also mm. really perfumed and just intriguing hard to sum up really but just you know oh my word you know and, and uh, we've been lucky enough to have a fair few bottles i'd say from the from the mid 90s and from the legendary domaine du Domas gasac uh, in the past few years again you know a sort of characterful but refined and just sort of captivating red really you know, the kind of wine that sort of sucks you in like a, like a black hole with its irresistible gravitational pull. You know, I mean, there are quite a few of these top, top wines in the south of France there now, are. isn't yeah, there? Aren't there? there? Um, and, and let's also not forget, we just had a Roussillon red as one of our wines of the year in our mm. previous episode, uh, albeit with a unique twist. Yeah. Um, you'll have to listen to that one if you haven't already to find yeah. out more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think it's fair to say we are big fans of this place and its wines. And food. Yeah, so we should probably define exactly what this place is uh, before we start rabbiting on about the gastronomy and, and whatnot. Um, so uh, Occitanie is an official designation covering what is apparently the world's largest vineyard, um, comprising bits of the Western Rhone, um, the Languedoc, Roussillon, and most of southwest France outside sort of Bordeaux and, and Bergerac, those sort of... Yeah, yeah. so this is a huge area, isn't it? You know, covering mm. around 250,000 hectares of vines, which represent about a third of all French wine output and around 5% of global wine production. That's a lot. It is. It's mm. really huge, isn't it? Um, you know, within Occitanie, wine is one of the main sources of employment um, with around 14,000 growers and a turnover in the region of one6 billion euros. Now, we're not going to get too bogged down in stats, but there are three things this region is big on, which which grabbed my attention reading reading uh, around it. Um, firstly, it's big on organics, uh, with about a quarter of the vineyard either certified organic or in conversion as of 2022. That's the biggest share in France, and it's growing every year. Um, it's also big on rosé, uh, making about 12% of worldwide rosé production. That is not to be sniffed at. No, and it's no. Making and me you think love of, your rosé, don't you? quiche already. Uh, and finally, <laughs> it's big on exports. Uh, it accounts for about a third of total French wine exports by volume, worth over a, a billion euros. So we see a lot of this stuff around the world too. I thought you said you, were, you weren't going to go big on stats there. And rosé, uh, you can't help it, can you? I always go big on rosé. Yeah. 
<laughs> and, and stats. stats, probably in that order. <laughs> but, in, but in terms of general context, this region has a long wine history, you know, mm. from the Greeks and Romans to huge volume production in the 19th and 20th centuries. And then more recently, a big reduction in the vineyard due to vine pull incentives. Mm. Just lately, there's been a growing focus on quality, innovation, and in some quarters, reviving old traditions to excellent effect. Absolutely. That's really, really exciting one. Now, um, we're talking generalities here, uh, and it might be good just to mention a few specific names to help sort of ground this, anchor this a little bit. So Languedoc is by far the biggest region within Occitanie. Uh, it makes a lot of IGP wines, you know, Van der Pey, uh, as were. Um, often, you know, international varieties like Merlot, Cabernet Sauvignon Chardonnay, Sauvignon Blanc, Viognier, that sort of thing. Sold under the Paydoc appellation or similar. Um, but you've also got AOC wines at the top of the tree, like Limoux, Saint-Chinien, uh, Corbière, Minervois, La Clap, Pic Saint-Loup, Terrasse du Larzac. You know, I see uh, incidentally that Gré de Montpellier has just been awarded full appellation status has too. Um, right. Yeah, okay. which is really interesting. Um, some of these we'll come on to in a bit when we get stuck into the food. Oh, don't tempt me. Um, but then we've also got the beautiful Roussillon region down towards mm. the Pyrenees and Spain on the Mediterranean coast, which is essentially an east-facing amphitheatre, a region of steep hillsides, baking sun and, and fierce winds uh, mm. of old vines and, and pretty brave winemakers, <laughs> not to mention some incredible wines in all styles from haunting whites oh, to hearty yeah. reds um, and then the powerful Vendu Naturel, which are fortified wines made in all kinds of styles. Um, you might be familiar with the names Reefsalt, Maori, Collure, Totavel or IGP Cote Catalan. All these are from Roussillon. And then finally, we have the intriguing wines of southwest France. You know, again, an area with a long history, but uh, a bit more off the beaten track than the Mediterranean parts, I think it's fair to say. Uh, so this region is what lies south and east of Bordeaux. Uh, a region that's proud of its food as well as its wines. Um, the inspiration for our duck shepherd's pie. Indeed, the duck, you know, is a speciality in the region, goose, other things like that. Um, you've got a bit more Atlantic influence here and it's home to an incredible number of indigenous grape varieties. Um, the big names include Cahors region for its serious Malbec, Madiran for, for the Tanat, Jurançon, were with its sort of tangy dry whites, which can be amazing, and beautiful sweet wines made from Gros Monsang and Petit Monsang. Yeah, we, I mean, we um, actually featured a Marciac, didn't we, on our Six mm. Best Wine Books episode, yeah. <laughs> uh, which is from this part of the world and made from the Fer Servadou grape, um, also known locally as Bracol. And we've mm. got uh, one of those coming up, haven't yeah. we? Mm. Uh, you've also got Fronton, based on the Negrette grape. Uh, so a land of unique grapes and wines, as you said. Mm. Uh, and mm. of course, you've got You've got also the, the bigger volume production like IGP Cote de Gascoigne for good value whites. And we had one of those on our Wines of the Year mm, listing. Yeah, I know. I think I read somewhere that there are something like 300 grape varieties in southwest France, um, 120 of which are indigenous. Wow. Um, so, you know, lot, lots to discover, I think. <laughs> Not there. kidding. Uh, in fact, lots to discover all over the south of France. Um, and this was a point Matthew Stubbs made when we asked him what the wines from this area offer us wine lovers. I think in a nutshell, everything, because this is a region that produces every style of wine. So whether you're a consumer of sparkling, white, rosé, red, sweet, fortified, you'll find a wine here that you'll enjoy. The thing is, you may not know that it exists. 
So that's just a question of uh, how do we make that discovery? And Matthew knows his onions. Uh, he's not only a master of wine, but he lived in the south of France for 12 years. He has the Vinicole Wine School there and is a brilliant educator and, and communicator. Uh, talking of onions, um, can we tuck into our starter? Why yes. not? Why not? I thought you'd never ask. OK, so we have got mushroom arancini, essentially wild mushroom risotto balls stuffed with a little bit of buffalo mozzarella, then covered in breadcrumbs. You Panko breadcrumbs are kind of best mm. uh, and deep fried and then served with a truffle mustard mayonnaise. These are to die for. You know, very flavoursome, very <laughs> filling, and they're also very wine friendly. So the ultimate, really. The ultimate. Yeah. Every, yeah. So what every have we day. got? So uh, what worked really well here was a sparkling wine, uh, a Cremant de Limoux, uh, the Sierre d'Arc uh, Blason Rouge uh, Brut NV. Uh, now, not many people know that you can get really good fizz mm. from uh, the Languedoc in a range of styles, but Limoux is actually one of, if not the most historic sparkling wine uh, producing centres in the world. Um, and this one works really well, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's it's a blend of Chardonnay, Chenin Blanc and the local Mozac grape. It's made like champagne in the traditional method, mm. so it's biscuity and bready as well as having some ripe apple fruit. Uh, and that combination of flavours and also structure is what helps it go really well with the rich mushroomy mm. flavours of yeah. the arancini. Totally, totally. It's also got a rather bizarre touchy-feely label, hasn't it's, it? Yes, sort of a it's bit like velour. It's a velour. Sort of a red velour so label. So if you stroke I'm, the velour I'm, while having the wine, <laughs> it's all very strange, but wonderful. Anyway, it is, yeah, yeah, anyway. But, um, you know, you can, stroking or non-stroking, you, you can have this as an aperitif. Yeah. Um, but it can also work with canapes or, or hors d'oeuvre. Like, is this an hors d'oeuvre? Do we classify Ooh. this as an hors d'oeuvre? It could be a starter, really. It's a ball. It could be anything. It's anyway, literally it's a ball. It's a, it's a crunchy ball. ball. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but, uh, right, I'm just going to have to focus on the wine. Just keep it together. Focus on the wine. Um, it is It is very good value. It is good value. We just say that. Yeah. Under 20 yeah. quid. Um for a really good traditional method fizz, I think it's yeah. really nice, um, and and I think that's probably quite typical of Cremant, you know, isn't it? Which is Cremant, which is the term for French sparkly wine made like Champagne, but not in the Champagne region, uh, and it's a category on a bit of a roll at the moment, isn't it? I think, yeah, you know, yeah I mean, it, really it can value. the best ones can offer great right. value, yeah. great value, and 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 you know, and and Limou is doing really well as well right now, not just with its Cremant, but also mm. the, the the historic Blanquette and and method ancestral styles which, which tend to be sort of fruitier and earthier and made made entirely from mosaic. Yeah. Now um, we had two other options didn't we with the arancini hmm. and one was a value shout the Villa Blanche Terret Blanc 2022 oh. IGP Cote de Tau. Mm. This is 9.49 at Waitrose and, and Terret is a local grape variety one of oh. those indigenous ones yeah. we were talking about and it makes for a really clean and fresh pairing doesn't yeah. it? Mm. And then the other option was the Gorgeous. Roque des Anges Lume 2022. I'm not sure I'm saying that correctly, but uh, I certainly Sounds know good. that I like it. 2022, which is an IGP Coke Catalan from Roussillon. And it's got a touch of rich nuttiness, but it's also textured and very refreshing and just so mm. seamless with the arancini, wasn't mm. it? Absolutely. It's in that sort Beautiful of classic wine. style of, of really good Roussillon whites, isn't mm. it? Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. You know, almost like the, the um, Le Soula. Blanc, yeah. which which we featured on the pod before and, and which we love. Mm. Not shouty, but elegant mm. and mineral and textured, as you say, on the palate. They just work so well with food. Um, and we actually tried this this rock design with quite a lot of these dishes, didn't we? And it sort of worked with everything. It, it, re it really did. Yeah, mm. so good. Um, mm. Now, I think at this point we should bring in Jean-Claude Mass, founder and owner of Domaine, or Le mm. Domaine Paul Mass, one of the 
best-known wine operations in the south of France. He's been described as a pioneer of new wave French wine uh, and he's certainly not afraid to rattle a few cages. Uh, One of his brands is (laughs) Arrogant Frog. Uh, His motto is, and I quote, old world wine with new world attitude. Mm. And we asked him why Sud de France wines work well with food. No, they they work well with food because first of all, they are outstanding value for money wine. And that's the the key basically to a uh, the food and wine pairing to game. Uh, you never know. And obviously, wine that are not so expensive, you can play and find the one that uh, suits your, your, your food. The second aspect, obviously, where Mediterranean climate, where wines that have got goods that are quite savory, uh, they, they, they are, as we say in France, in France, gourmand, and they are very palatable immediately. You know, you don't have to think, shall I wait? Shall I... They are palatable even when they're young. And because they are made in a very simple way, most of the time as a craft. So this is why I would say that when it comes to a food and wine pairing, you have a good playground that you can enjoy easily. So savoury wines that are good to to experiment with, to have fun with. Um, what are your favourite food and wine matches from the from the south of France, from that area? Ah, uh, okay. So south of France, if we talk about uh, seafood, we have red tuna and... Uh, an old cage Grenache Blanc or mixed Grenache Blanc, Grenache Gris uh, with uh, tartar of tuna is outstanding. Um, then you can go for um, Viognier, for example, for uh, uh, grilled uh, monkfish, for example, because we have a bit of monkfish here. Then uh, we have... Um, Lamb, lamb with herbs is a classic. So with a Mourved, with a Syrah, with a Grenache Syrah, with a GSM from the Languedoc, it works perfectly. We have a lot of goat cheese. So goat cheese, you can enjoy an an oak Chardonnay. You know, we do stews here with um, uh, beef or veal or uh, and uh, with vegetable because we are a region where vegetables are very, very good. And you can use a Cabernet Sauvignon, ripe Cabernet Sauvignon. Because we can, our Cabernet Sauvignon can easily ripen here. Uh, sparkling wine, I love blanket with oysters, beside pig pool, obviously, which is a good, uh, good wine for oysters. Oysters is second, you know, it's a, a shellfish, the, the shellfish of the region. Um, on a chocolate lover, you can do a, a beautiful uh, a chocolate, uh, chocolate cake with uh, uh, either if you go the very sweet way with uh, Rivesalt or Grenat, but you can also use the still wine from uh, from the uh, from the, the Perpignan from the uh, Côte du Roussillon area. They are very they, you know this wine have got a fig character like a, a dry fig character. So there are plenty of uh, of pairings that you can do with uh, the diversity of food that we have. No shortage of options there. I mean, usually, usually it's just one or two things when you ask that question, isn't it? But I suppose 
Maybe this speaks of the diversity of the wines as well as the food in yeah, the region. Yeah, exactly. He, he did talk about the diversity of, of Languedoc-Roussillon, only partly because of its long history, but also, you know, because of more modern practices, which he does, like like blending, for example, you know, even with unconventional grapes like Riesling and Gewürztraminer, or even things like the, the fungal-resistant peewee hybrids, you know. Uh, he works with something like 46 different grape varieties. Um, and he said at one point that he liked the age of single varietals to be over mm. which, um, that and, is and, and that we should celebrate blends more which mm. I thought was a really interesting yeah. interesting angle I mean he's quite a winemaker's winemaker isn't he uh, and not yeah. a, not afraid to challenge the status quo you know quite a, a, a live wire mind an original thinker mm. um, yeah. which you know, is really good for the region yeah yeah I mean he's doing all kinds of stuff he's, he's, he's making uh, low sulphite wine he's going increasingly organic he's he's reviving old traditions like, like using manure not fertiliser because apparently it helps water retention in the soil, which is critical at the moment. And there's lots of drought mm. in the region. Um, he's going big on wine tourism and gastronomy to try to improve the region's image and, and thus the selling price of the wines. Uh, he's trying to make the best Cabernet in the world, in his words, <laughs> uh, with his <laughs> Astelia label, punchy, punchy. You know, he's he's pushing the boundaries in, in many, many ways, and I, I agree that's that's really positive. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's not. I don't think it's atypical of a certain mentality or, or ambition in this part of the wine world from my experience. Mm, mm. And we have plenty more positive spirit and ambition coming up as we tuck into our main courses, finding lots more tasty wines mm. to match to them and hearing much more about this fascinating part of the world. By way of brief summary, Occitanie is a huge wine region in southern France with tremendous diversity of styles, grape varieties, terroirs and producers. The wines don't tend to lack for character and often are at their best with food. So far, we've found a couple of brilliant matches for mushroom arancini mm. uh, and now we're on to the seafood. Yeah, uh, seafood is a big part of the local gastronomy, uh, particularly in Languedoc-Roussillon, given it's so close to the Mediterranean. Uh, and there's no shortage of wine wines to go with it. Uh, so first up, uh, we've got our Mediterranean shellfish stew. I have to say that quite carefully. Stew. <laughs> um, do you want to tell us how it's made? Yeah, yeah but I mean, essentially it's a tomato-based stew made with garlic, onion, pepper, oregano, and then this little vinegar and sugar reduction, which I love because it just mm. gives that hint of sweetness oh. and that really works well mm. because then you've got the, the earthy mussels and prawns, there's some cod in there, and then all served with a nice big slab of garlicky toasted sourdough bread. Mm, so nice. so you've got these I mean you've got these tangy tomato flavors, garlic and seafood. Uh, it's all quite gutsy. Mm. Um, so you need something that's got a bit of oomph to wash it down, you know, or also <laughs> something that's not however going to overpower the fish mm. and the shellfish. Mm. That's that all sounds very logical. Over I'm, to ju- you. I'm just I'm just gazing at the what, wine which what is can uh, you possibly the offer best, me? by far the best wine to carry it off was a rosé, uh, the Chateau Estanie Valongue mm. 2022 from Fougere. Mm. Um, this wine was really impressive when we tasted it, wasn't it? Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, it wasn't just a bland identikit pale, restrained pink, you know, this had texture and, and density and, and sort of roasted herb character. Um, and it stood up perfectly to the stew. Oh, it was brilliant with it. Yeah, um, really Fauger, good. Perfect match. Fauger, just while we're on it, is an appellation in the foothills of the Cévennes Mountains, north of Béziers. It's known for its, its sort of schist soils, again, one to say carefully, uh, and sort of just 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 fresh, elegant wines, isn't it? Um, which are mainly red, but there is a bit of rosé and white too. And obviously on the base of this rosé, mm. really pretty good. Another option is 
to go down the refreshing and cleansing route. In that sense, the Laurent Michel Albrino La Grasse 2022 IGP Ode worked really well. Mm. Uh, it's clean and crisp, as you'd expect of this variety. And it's a variety you normally find in northwest Spain, but can work pretty well in the south of yeah. France. Yeah. Um, this, yeah. Plus, it's it's good value, currently on offer, actually, at £10.50 in Sainsbury's. Um, but even at its usual usual sort of price of, I think, it's twelve fifty, mm. it's a lot of wine. Yeah, yeah value-for-money wine here, as, as Jean-Claude was saying. Um, now, we did hear from Jean-Claude about food and wine matching, but I'd also like to bring in Matthew Stubbs, too, on this subject, because he had some really interesting things to say on why these are foodie wines. Well, I think obviously the variety helps. You know, we've got so many different wines uh, in this region that can help. Uh, I think also the abundance of uh, such a wide variety of, of food. I mean, obviously the region is dominated by the Mediterranean. So seafood, shellfish uh, is a huge, uh, you know, it's a huge um, part of people's diet and also a massive industry. I mean, oysters <laughs> everywhere. You know, I mean, drinking a, a glass of pickpool overlooking the Aidan with a, a plateau de fruits de mer is, you know, is a fantastic thing. Uh, so uh, seafood is, plays a huge part. Uh, so a lot of fish, obviously, sea, things like dorad, sea bream, uh, sea bass, you know, monkfish, even swordfish, things like that you'll find quite readily. Um, and then obviously there's a there's a huge amount for the for the meat eaters. There's, a, there's all sorts to to help there as well. Every type. Um, they love a grillade in the Languedoc Roussillon outside, you know, barbecuing. It's very popular. If you're into wild boar, then I mean, it's difficult to find in a shop, but you'll always find some in a village you can get you some. So, particularly some member of the hunting fraternity. So, there, there's that around. And if those for non meat eaters or non fish eaters, there's, there's a huge range of, you know, well, fantastic fruit, fantastic vegetables, uh, what else? Wild asparagus, wild garlic, you know, mushrooms, you know. People won't tell you where they are, but you can find some great sets at the right time of year. So, dessert or cheese, you know, you need the Vendu Naturel because this is a this is a region where it all started, where fortified wine began. And I know it's a category that's kind of fallen out of favour, but there are some fantastic uh, fortified wines here. You know, if you want to drink a different fortified wine from the normal selection, particularly one with lower alcohol, you know, because we're talking at wines at 15, 16 percent. Uh, you know, this at the end of a meal when you've had, you know, champagne and white wine and red wine and maybe a sweet wine, then you come to the cheese and you want to drink what port, maybe, maybe a Rivesalt or a Mori or Bagnos could be a very good option. Yeah. More food for thought there. Uh, I mean, some points we've already touched on, others we're going to pick up on in due course, particularly mm. regarding the fortified Vin du Naturel. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, uh, just so you know, the, the Eton de Tau is a, a, large, a huge sort of lagoon on the Mediterranean coast near the Picbull de Pinay region. Mm. So I can see what Matthew suggests being really quite delightful. Yes. And can I also just apologise yes. at this point for not cooking any wild boar? You may. <laughs> You're not going to forgive me, no, but I can apologise. As, as a committed Asterix fan, <laughs> I am devastated, of course. But, you know, I'm just going to try and hold it together for the sake of the oh. pod, but I'm crying inside. Just oh, so you know. I'm anyway, so but yeah, sorry. No, uh, as Matthew says, uh, you know, seafood and, and fish play a big part in the cuisine. And, and we've got another dish 
along these lines now, and I'm not complaining about any of this, just to be clear. Uh, cod with a beurre blanc sauce and winter ratatouille. Mm, yeah, it's hardly ratatouille for any purists, but uh, this no. is a take on a dish we once cooked on Saturday Kitchen, wasn't it? We didn't cook uh, it on Saturday was, Kitchen. I well, think we, we cooked, cooked it in it preparation. For Saturday yes. Kitchen. Uh, it was cooked by the wonderful chef, Galton Blackiston. Thank mm. goodness, not us. Oh, yes. um, but what, what you've got is this, this rich, buttery, but zesty, lemony beurre blanc mm. sauce with a nice chunky piece of cod and then an earthy winter ratatouille, which is basically little cubes of beetroot, parsnip, carrot, swede, and then all roasted with, with oil and garlic. And mm. it's really flavoursome and, and sort of comforting, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And, and with this dish, we had an absolutely stunning wine match, which is the Picpoul de Pinot Selection 2020 from Les Vignerons de Florent Sac. Now, um, this is not your average Picpoul, is it? No. <laughs> so so we, need, we need to tell the story. I'll tell the story. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, right. yeah. So, but at this moment, I think we need to make a confession. The shame. Um, <laughs> we've actually been aware of Picpoul, Picpoul de Pinot, for, mm. for quite a while. Thank goodness. Um, it was uh, it actually was only made a, an official appellation in 2013, to be fair. And we've recommended a fair bit of it in that time because mm. it tends to be an amazing value white that you can find in most places. Yeah. It's crisp. It's versatile. So it works well with lots of different mm. types of food. Mm. But we had no idea they'd come up with a new category. Patience age-worthy, richer styles of pickpool, which are put into brown, not green bottles. And that's what this wine is. Yeah, they need, they need to be passion with us, uh, <laughs> our lack of knowledge about patience. It's, it's a fair cop. Um, but we did find out the fun way. We did. Which is basically through this wine. So, um, you know, Pickpool is, is definitely having a moment right now, isn't it? It's, it's yeah. gone wildly popular. Uh, most Pickpool, as you say, is fresh and upbeat, um, you know, the, the, the great variety Pickpool translates as lip stinger from Occitan, <laughs> the Occitan language, which is really quite pleasing. Um, but, but now they've introduced the Patience designation for those wines that are, that are more intense and complex and, and food friendly. Not actually wines that have been oak aged, interestingly. They, don't, they specifically don't want that. They just want a wine that's kind of complex and age worthy. Anyway, um, here's, here's what Matthew had to say about all this. I mean, I suppose the biggest success story, you know, from an AOC perspective in the long talk has been Pigpool de Pinay. I mean, you think 15 years ago, I remember when I was buying wine in a supermarket, you know, nobody ever heard of Pigpool de Pinay, you know, 15, 20 years ago. Now you just, it's everywhere. You know, every supermarket stocks it. It's on a lot of house wine lists. It's a, you know, it's a, it's the biggest success story probably of the long doc in the last uh, 20 years. And and what what do you think, just thinking about Pigpool de Pinay, of the Passions um, new designation? Yeah, I'm I'm actually a big fan of it. I think because uh, when I look at the numbers for for pig pool, I think okay, this is a high acid grape variety. Yeah, you know, it's actually not that aromatic. Um, but why should it not be able to age? You know, this is a wine that retains its acidity in a in a in a warm climate. And so the Passions project, for those that don't know, is really for is really trying to see how these wines age. And the results that I've tried, and I tried quite a few. And it's only about. Uh, I think there's maybe 10 producers now that are now authorized or making uh, the patience. And the ones I've tried have been you know, really impressive. You know, wines going back to 2018, 2016, even. So, yeah, these wines can age. They're not the same profile as uh, in, as a young pig pool, you know, they're very sort of saline, bright and breezy style, but they have a more of a sort of a leasy character. Um, it's kind of, a, sort of almost like sort of a citrus peel character to them. 
but which I find quite attractive. It's an interesting one, isn't it? You know, if, if Pitbull is all about freshness, sort of easygoing drinking, is it then a good idea to introduce or encourage a style that is effectively the opposite of that? Oh, but the wines taste really good, you know? Yeah. And and yeah. you can't argue with that. And Matthew's mm. calling Pickpool the biggest success story of Languedoc in the last 20 mm. years. Yeah. So I think there's probably room for this new category. Yeah, no, fair enough, fair enough. Um, you know, interesting in that sense that it's a white wine that's been a big success story, isn't mm. it? In um, the south of France. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it does seem that, that whites and roses are looking like stars of the future mm. here. Mm. And they've been slightly overlooked in the past, maybe. And it, it may seem odd, you know, in, in a warm region. But I guess if you grow the right grapes, you know, cultivate them properly harvest early you know it, it can work yeah yeah and just actually one last word on, on whites uh there was another wine wasn't there that went well with the cod it was mm. the mass Bescher uh, hypnosis yeah. 313 um 2021 which is an yeah. oak aged grenache yeah. blanc from cote de roussillon yeah. it's generous and creamy so it worked oh. really nicely with the the flavors of the dish in the same way that the honeyed yeasty richness and fresh acidity of the pick pool tied in yeah. so beautifully yeah. too yeah two really good good matches there yeah. but time to move on to some sausage casserole <laughs> which we wanted to say all 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 pod which is which is pretty much as you'd imagine it um sausages beans tomato sauce also with a nice herby crust um that's my cooking summary. It was brilliant. Yeah, thank you. Couldn't uh, I put it better that's myself. That's why I don't cook. Um, and there were a few wines that worked really well here, weren't they? All, yeah. all reds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, the the Chateau d'Escab Braucol 2022 from Gaillac in southwest France had a, a really nice mm. n- sort of rustic feel that, that tied in very well here. Um, mm. If you remember, that's the Fair Servadou grape. Yeah. I also love the Domaine de la Borie Blanche Terroir d'Altitude 2021 from Minervois La Vinière. Now, yeah. this is one of my favourite appellations in, in Languedoc. Uh, the wines can be so perfumed and, and cultured mm. and savoury. Mm. Uh, and this is a blend of Syrah, Grenache and Mourvedre, which is elegant and polished and really seamless with the dish. Yeah, yeah. But I think our favourite or, or the most impressive match was a Carignan from the winningly named IGP Cote du Brian. <laughs> it's a very, it's a very naughty oh, wine. That makes me laugh. Very, very naughty wine. Uh, and, and it was the uh, yeah. Sorry, I should say that probably is the IGP Cote du Brian, which sounds sounds uh, sounds more better. French. It sounds more French, and it was the Calmel and Joseph uh, Letoile La Fabrique 2021. It's it's a really intense, vivid, juicy, spicy red that's unapologetically wild, and it just blew us away with this sausage casserole, didn't it? It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is just really remembers that I'm not sure I've ever told you about that that menu, menu that I saw on a beach when I was in Thailand, which made me hoot because it had on it, I don't think they could spell, so it was fried Brian's. <laughs> Anyway, that's probably a story for another day, really. Um, and, and this is the image. Isn't it? This combination that we have here was was definitely better than a plate of fried brines. Anyway, yeah, or fried uh, to, brains, be, to be uh, serious, whichever it was. <laughs> to be serious for a second about all this, we do love good Carignan, don't mm, we? Yes. Um, which yeah. is often made from low yielding old vines. Uh, and we spoke to Pauline Nadal from Domaine Nadal Enot, a Roussillon estate that has, amongst other things, four hectares of very old Carignan. Vines, and I asked her to tell us about that. So the Carignan is uh, is the grandmother of our vines. Uh, uh, it was planted in 1900, uh, straight after Phylloxera. Um, it was planted for the for the marriage for the wedding of my great grandmother Thérèse Hainaut, 
uh, with François Nadal. Uh, so it's uh, it's like a celebration vines, and it's something that we that's vine that we always wanted to keep. Carignan was all around Roussillon, like you would find in that in that time, Carignan everywhere. And it produced a lot of, uh, it's it's very juicy, it produced a lot of, uh, of, of juice, let's say. And um, so for that particular reason, a lot of people got rid of them because there was too much carignan. So we wanted to keep it. I mean, my grandfather, for, because of that reason, kept it. My dad wanted to keep it. We have about four hectares left. It's very old. It's like rolling on the floor. But it's beautiful. Uh, we do everything by hand, obviously. Uh, remove the like the grass, like or everything around every vines by hand. It's not planted the same way of the rest, like the rest of the vineyard is not on lines. Um, the, we do like Thai goblet on this one. Um, so it, it demands a lot of care. We 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 like it because it makes incredible uh, wine. And what, but just just describe the wine to me the the style that it produces in in your glass. What would it be? It's like it's uh, it's quite powerful. Uh, it's like red stone. It's very warm, uh, but red stone berries, black olive. Um, um, like it smells of the earth as well, like a thyme, rosemary. Uh, it's quite leathery when you open it, but then this leathery taste, the, the smell goes away. Uh, when you leave it on the table, it would evolve throughout the dinner. It's beautiful. It's so cool to see people championing their heritage, you know, in such a brilliant way. It's often the case, isn't it, that a great variety will go through an unfashionable stage, but then come good, you know, so that so the people who keep the faith come out on top, if you like. Um, I think I think Sanso is a bit like that right now, coming into its own after being, you know, hugely underappreciated in this part of the world for for a long time. I agree, yeah, and I suppose you could put Pickpool as a white in that category too. Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah. But anyway, let's keep moving. We've got a duck shepherd's pie in the offing. Now, this is much, uh, pretty much a, a classic shepherd's pie, but using slow-cooked duck legs instead of mince, and then adding in a few extra spices, some fresh orange, and plenty of red wine and port, and all mm. topped off with a nice creamy mash. It is pure winter comfort food with just a hint of the southern French sun. Mm. Uh, and we found some really good wine matches for this, didn't we? You can say that again, though we probably should have used Vendu Naturel instead of port, but you know, anyway, <laughs> maybe we were just being inclusive. Just, just <laughs> you know, we can spread the love. Um, so one value option here was the Fontarache Vieille Vigne 2022 from Corbière, uh, which is just over a tenner. And it's just really nice, sort of classic longer dot red, isn't it? Mm. Peppery, meaty, cherry fruit, elegantly bittersweet, and a nice sort of upbeat option mm. with the dish. This is when we talk about these wines for longer. They're just food friendly, you know. Yeah. Even the basic ones, they've just got this this lovely style and, and character, sort of which just sits really yeah. nicely with food. Uh, Matthew actually talked about the the remoteness of the Corbière, which where the region where this wine's from, uh, which he calls the Wild West of the longer dot. It's a huge appellation, but the best reds are kind of herb scented and and juicy like, like mm. this one then, then another option we had was the Mass Conscience La Conscience 2020 from Terrasse du Larzac mm. another buzzy Languedoc appellation and making some very serious reds like mm. this one mm. which works really well yeah. um, 
But my absolute favourite with the shepherd's pie, and specifically with the shepherd's pie, was the Clos del Pi LP Rouge 2021, which is an IGP mm. Cote Catalan from Roussillon. It's pure peppery, intense, inky, fine-grained syrup that is just fabulous with the meaty, rich duck flavours. Yum, yum, yum. Uh, so this brings us on to our final course, um, mm. which we've kept simple, as you've said. It's just Roquefort, <laughs> or is it just Roquefort? Roquefort. Um, that famously pungent, tangy, salty blue cheese that's made in the south of France. And, and what works best with stinky cheese? Fortified sweet wine. Yeah, you know, Ideally, in our book, oxidatively aged fortified wine. Mm. So you get all those gorgeous flavours of dried fruits and nuts, as well as the sweetness that you need to match the intense saltiness of the cheese. Mm. Um, You also need decent acidity in the wine Mm. to to match a a creamy cheese like Mm. this. So we've got a terrific pairing here. And it is the Domaine de Rancy Rive Salt Ombre Vin du Naturel 1998. It is heavenly. Yeah. I think I might just sink into that and forget everything else. <laughs> do, do you want to just carry on and, and finish all the, all the podcast? No, no, seriously, I have to agree. have to agree. I mean, wow. A stunning way to round off our food and wine adventure um, through the south of France. But um, before we end, there are a few things to say. Firstly, about, you know, Vendu Naturel, aren't there? These, these sweet fortified wines, mostly from Roussillon, um, like Rive Salt, Maury and, and Bagnols, summer aged oxidatively. Some aren't. Uh, they come in all styles, especially if you include the various fortified muscats, which are also in Languedoc as well as Roussillon. And these are historic wines, aren't they? Mm, absolutely. As Matthew said, they're sort of be they're sort of thought to be some of the oldest fortified wines around. Mm. Um, he points out there's evidence of fortifying wine going on in Montpellier in twelve. 12- 85, four centuries before it crops up in the Douro or Port. Anyway, they used to be huge back in the day. Now their popularity is in decline, but they do make a great match for cheese. They do. It'd be such a shame if they get, they get lost. Mm. So so uh, given we're in uh, the Roussillon, I just wanted to bring Pauline back in here to say a few words about her region. Roussillon is, um, is a very interesting area. Because we have, uh, I think we have around us so many winemakers, young, young winemakers uh, who are willing to take risks. They're not stuck by any um, laws of our appellation. Uh, I guess in Roussillon, you have outstanding, really outstanding wines for great value. Um, and also like a lot of organic wines. And uh, so you find an extremely wide range of um, very good and clean wines. How do you see, Pauline, the future for Roussillon? It's it's hard to say uh, because of the weather. It's been two it's been two years now that we suffer from like very dry weather. Uh, so I think the Roussillon will probably would have to go back on like indigenous grapes um, and, and more resilient grapes. Um, The great thing about it is even with the struggle, you will always find good value uh, for quality in in Roussillon. We do have incredible products and incredible variety as well. For example, in our vineyard, we have 16 different products, but our our neighbor probably has 20. And and the neighbor after has 15 again, like it's, it's incredible. So, 
the future for Roussillon is only going to be bright because because we carry on. Um, and I think we are all very resilient um, as like the grapes, I guess. Now, interestingly, Pauline was telling me how they've taken out their old cement tanks to install stainless steel and modern high-tech kit, like mm. a, a nitrogen generator and a cross-flow filter. And that's so they can make wines like their low-sulfite cuvées, but also mm. make their wines more expressive and fresh and clean generally, because that's what they feel is the future for the region. Interesting. interesting. Now, now we also asked Matthew Stubbs about how he sees the future for the Sud de France. I see the future as good for this region because I think it's got a long history of adapting to change. I mean, it's a region that's had more than 2,000 years of history, but it only has really maybe 50 years of history of producing quality wine. So it takes time to build that reputation. I mean, particularly when you have a reputation for making you know high volume of inexpensive wine. If I look at other regions around France, and I refer to, I used to refer to the Languedoc Roussillon as the next classic wine region of France. I, I don't say that anymore. I think it is already the next classic region of France. I see no reason why we should not talk of this region in the same breath as Bordeaux, Rhone or Burgundy. Yeah. To me, it has everything already. So that has already been a huge progression. So I think the future is very good. I think they're, in, they're very well placed to deal with the climatic challenges. It's not going to be easy. Uh, it's tough in France at the moment uh, with the decline in wine consumption in general and also the decline in red wine in particular, which is having obviously an effect on a region like the Languedoc-Roussillon. But they're already adapting. They made the change from VDN to dry wines in areas like the Roussillon when the fortified wine sales suffered. Now they're making the move from red to white. That's not to say they won't carry on making red. They will. But um, I think the, the ability to change, adapt to change is very real in this region so whatever challenges get thrown at them they can deal with it and that sort of kind of makes me uh very yeah, enthusiastic and i think the future will be very good also a huge amount of vineyard area has been taken out over the last 20 years so what you're left with now is the really good stuff yeah? now we've got the old vines yeah and i think that's what makes it so uh so exciting yeah so yeah the quality has never been better and it's only going to go one way one way which is up he said he felt the region was on the verge of a real breakthrough, uh, particularly with its whites. Um, but he also flagged up the reds, particularly newer appellations like Terrasse du Larzac, uh, but also older areas being revived like Corbière, whose wines he described as follows. The wines are never really that polished, but they have so much character and personality um, and uh, they have soul, I think is the way I would describe it. There's just something about them that kind of hits you. you know? And I, I really like that. So there we have it, wines with soul. Mm. And that seems like a good note to recap on. Mm. So by way of closing summary, Occitanie has many wine treasures across all kinds of styles, from fizz to fortified via white, red and pink. Rarely are they short on personality and they often offer outstanding value for money, as well as being a great match for food. Mm. Keep an eye on the whites, the further development of organic wines, the revival of ancestral grape varieties, and also new things like peewees and beyond. Now, we've featured lots of wines in this episode. We'll put a full listing of those on our website show notes. Uh, as for the recipes for these delicious dishes, well, you can have to wait. Wait for that. Wait for the subscription options to kick in uh, because we're planning to offer recipes as a subscriber. 
bonus. Uh, meantime, you can you can salivate over our social media content or something like that, which which will give you at least a glimpse of of all of these wonderful delicious creations. Thanks to Matthew Stubbs, MW, Jean-Claude Mass, and Pauline Nadal. Also to the Occitanie region for sponsoring this episode. We'll be honing in a bit more on Southwest France in another episode soon, which we're very much looking forward to. Mm. But in the meantime, thank you for joining us. And until next time, cheers. Cheers. <laughs>